today on Agnews Daily. Uh, basically, traders, what they were focusing on was uh, better weather uh, to aid corn in the pollination process over the last two weeks of July. And also, uh, you know, we had a little bit of pressure coming from uh, the export agreement that was signed over in Turkey. Well, happy Monday, listeners of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Tanner Winterhoff here, joined virtually by Cassidy Zirkel, our lovely co-host for the day. How's Cassidy doing? I'm great. Always excited to join you on a Market Monday, Tanner. And it looks like we'll be together for the mo- for the rest of the week since Delaney's off getting married. It is wedding week. Hopefully he says yes on Friday evening. <laughs> that was a bad joke. I can't, can't give her a hard time when she's not around, but no, uh, congratulations to those two. It should be a fun week for them to take off and make a life changing decision. But I felt like we here in Iowa over the weekend lived a little bit like you used to in Texas with the extreme heat that we had experienced. How was it where you're at? It's about uh, this weekend, Austin and I floated the river, and it was about 102 while we floated here in south-central Missouri. Yeah, the I think the river would have been a great place to be. I took in a couple of IndyCar races in Newton. Uh, heat coming off the track was quite warm, but still had a really good time. But I'll tell you what, Cassidy, people who aren't having a good time is those fighting in Ukraine. Russia expanded their military goals in Ukraine from just seizing control of eastern Donbas, the region that was embattled here, uh, to change the Kremlin's top diplomat is stating their focus is now moving a little bit, which comes as Russian cruise missiles hit the Odessa area one day after signing the deal to resume grain exports from Ukraine. And All Russian officials are stating that those were military targets. They were not targets of grain export necessary facilities. It is not Vladimir Putin using quotes, spitting in the face of the United Nations. Uh, But Turkey's president nonetheless is not happy about the attacks close to the region, which says it brings less confidence. Uh, that grain will get exported in a safe fashion. So quite an interesting turn of events. Sounds like that attack happened merely hours after the agreement had been put together. But today, Cassidy, Congress, specifically the Senate, is getting a debrief of that agreement in private closed session. So hopefully we get some more pieces of that to report on the rest of this week. Well, Tanner, it does seem like we continue to get bad news out of Ukraine, but there's also some bad news here domestically with the Port of Oakland strike happening with about a thousand independent truck drivers beginning to protest at the Port of Oakland, which has caused an extreme backup at that port and for our exports. Yeah, we are hearing the word strike quite a bit. Uh, We've talked about how the railroad strike was avoided, but that is a temporary fix. The union is stating that if a deal is not reached, the strike could go on for several months. And now Boeing is the airplane company is experiencing an impending strike for the machinists that have been there for over 20 years since the last time they have gone on strike. So even though Boeing had 
provided a deal that offered all workers 7% raise plus $1,000 bonus cash in addition to providing them with a competitive 401k plan that matched up dollar for dollar up to 10% with a bonus 2% contribution. The workers are stating that that is unanimously unanimously been denied. So Boeing could potentially be seeing a strike themselves as they're working on contract negotiations with their union. Tell you a group of folks that aren't striking but are wishing that they could get more done on their home front is the Texas cattle community. The House Agriculture Chairman David Scott announced his intention to introduce a bill that will help small family farmers and ranchers throughout Texas and the ranching community. And the first part of this bill would be to establish a program that strengthens the federal safety net and makes insurance products work better for small cattle farmers and ranchers. And the second part of that bill would be to establish a grant program at the USDA to help these small farmers and ranchers and producer-owned cooperatives to undertake innovative business initiatives. Oh, that's good news because it sounded like uh, there could be a lot of things going through the next farm bill that are different than we've seen before. So a good focus on our cattle producing listeners. Hopefully we get more good news to write for them. Now, the EPA has finally set their date for the RFS reset. So the EPA EPA has had a free hand in writing the renewable fuel standard for 2023, but it could be about 18 months late uh, working underneath a court order. So this biofuel trade group is nailing down the release date is a huge milestone. They're stating that by November 16th, we will have uh, guidance with final regulations due by June 14th, 2023. So this is big news as the federal district court judge was expected to approve the decree on these dates in the upcoming weeks. So the ethanol industry and biofuels industry are seeing this as an opportunity to potentially change the standards that have been written in the past. But at the same time, the Washington Examiner is reporting that oil and gas rig counts are up 54% since last year. So the number of active oil and natural gas drilling rigs in the United States grew by nearly double since this week of last year. So they are looking at uh, currently having gas drilling rigs uh, at 155 and crude oil remaining unchanged at 599. A couple of them were classified as miscellaneous, but that rig count now totals 758. So a big jump there, as you will see, this is nearly the highest level that we have seen for rigs since December of 2019. Well, Tanner, that news from the EPA does seem to have been long awaited, and I saw it on multiple platforms today, so I think lots of people are excited to be seeing that news. Now, I'll tell you one other thing that I personally am very excited about is the USDA's 2023 forecast for the increase in food inflation. This year, we have been around 8.5 to 9.5 inflation in the grocery stores, but the USDA is predicting that in 2023, we will only see about a 2.5 to 3.5 range 
of inflation in our grocery stores, which is very exciting knowing that all of us are struggling with the raising bills at our grocery stores. Absolutely. That is uh, news that we've reported on for quite a while and now officially have the report behind it. So last piece that I have today on my side of things is just more continued excessive heat warnings. We're now talking Eastern Oklahoma, Western Arkansas. Uh, there has been a significant amount of rain that has fallen uh, on the Eastern side of the Corn Belt with nearly four to six inches in some spots of Indiana. <clears throat> we here in Iowa will be experiencing cooler temperatures ahead of potential rain chances. But that Oklahoma forecast is set to hit 112 degrees and potentially uh, that hot as well in Arkansas and Louisiana. So flood concerns up north, like I mentioned, southern Indiana into parts of northeastern Missouri, where they had a lot of rain, could potentially see another three inches coming out of this next storm system moving through. But that's the last piece of news I have before we jump into markets. Cassidy, do you have anything left? Yes, Tanner, I was just going to mention with the heat wave hitting Arkansas, the University of Arkansas system will be offering a free webinar for Arkansas cattle producers struggling with the drought going up this Thursday from 6 to 8. And they can find lots of resources for how to deal with this drought and heat wave. Absolutely. Well, before we jump into our Market Monday conversation, just a real quick hit here. December corn closed 19 and a half cents up. November soybeans were up 30 and a quarter. All three wheat contracts ended higher this Monday. Uh, we had live cattle up with feeder cattle down and hogs again traded in the red for a Monday release. So now to a conversation about markets with Donna. As promised, listeners, we're here with our Market Monday conversation with Ms. Donna Hughes, a Senior Market Commodity Manager with Stonex. Donna, thank you so much for joining us today to talk markets. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Absolutely. Now, get us started off. I'll kind of let Tanner take this conversation away since, listeners, you know I'm not the most savvy in the markets. But, Tanner, what are the markets looking like today and what do we need to hear from Donna? Yeah, I'm looking, excited to talk to Donna. Donna, first, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do for StoneX? Well, I work with individual producers as well as corporations and other entities to help offset risk on products that are either produced or products that need to be procured for for production. So that would cover anybody, you know, in, in my book, as far as a corn, soybean, wheat, cotton, lives, energies, um, pretty much that, in uh, financials, that pretty much covers um, my book of business. So let's start off in the corn market. So December closed up 19 and a half for the day, it looks like. What are we seeing as being the driving factors here Monday coming out of the weekend for the corn market? You know, I think with corn, um, we had uh, we have been trading in the near term, you know, weather markets. And last week when we were when we were coming into the weekend and um, and ending the week's trade, uh, basically traders what they were focusing on was uh, better weather 
uh, to aid corn in the pollination process over the last two weeks of July. And also, uh, you know, we had a little bit of pressure coming from the uh, the export um, agreement that was signed over in Turkey in regard to Ukrainian shipments out of the Black Sea. Um, over the weekend, they had a little bit of change in, in weather forecasts and uh, basically where we are on charts, um, you know, I think uh, buyers found that uh, combination a, a good reason to step in and start the week off on a positive note and the gains just uh, built on themselves as we came into the uh, day session. And moving on to beans, Donna, the November beans are up about 30 and a quarter cents. What measures are pushing them up on this Monday? You know, with beans as well, I mean, as we get into, um, you know, the the first couple of weeks of August, that is, uh, you know, prime time for development on soybeans. I think we had, um, you know, a positive push as well um, coming from corn and wheat gains. And also we had a, a lower U.S. dollar index, which aids in, uh, you know, supporting any of the commodities with an export component to it. Absolutely. I was just going to ask you to to touch a little bit on Russia's involvement. We, we've hit a lot here on what it looks like for Ukrainian exports, but let's roll a little bit into energies. What are you hearing or seeing in the markets as it relates to Russian announcements around cutting the flow of natural gas uh, to Germany? That has been a, a volatile subject, you know, in the near term. Traders are watching that closely, and, and we've seen that play out in uh, in the natural gas market. And today we saw um, substantial gains as the market's been working its way up from the large dip that it had recently taken. So, um, you know, as that story develops, um, I think, you know, Russia, they're they're playing it the way that they need to play it for themselves, and uh, I don't think they're showing all their cards. I don't think that that this is going to be something that's going to be settled in the near term, and uh, so I would expect more volatility as we head down the road. Seeing more and more strikes pop up, how is how are these export numbers going to affect our prices in the market? Do you think what does that look like in the future? Certainly, uh, you know, transportation and the ability to get um, exports to the ports, um, you know, that's a major concern. Um, You know, traders watch those deals uh, closely as well. Um, You know, if if we start building exports uh, for shipment, um, it it might cause us, you know, more problems than what we need to uh, be dealing with. Um, you know, we're we're counting on exports as part of a large part of uh, of what we do with our production. And if there's uh, any kind of uh, hiccups in, in trying to get the, you know, um, product uh, to the ports or product loaded out, um, you know, that certainly will be played out in pricing as well. Yeah, we've ended up reporting on a lot of articles, it seems like having to do with strikes and transportation issues. But I want to flip a little bit to the meat side, the livestock side of the markets. Uh, it, it was quite interesting to read. They're not mainstream articles, but more speculative articles related to uh, President Biden and his administration wanting to enact climate uh, 
climate conversations, especially with Brazilian products, since they are uh, continuing to clear land. And it was interesting to see the ties potentially back into the beef market there. But with all the speculation aside, what did we see here in Monday with uh, live cattle and feeder cattle? Um, I think basically looking at those markets, uh, we had traders uh, digesting the numbers from last week's cattle on feed report, um, you know, as well as uh, how those higher grain markets uh, affected the uh, the livestock trade as well. Um, you know, the on-feed numbers came in uh, just about as what was expected, the marketing numbers as well. But the placement numbers, uh, that's where the little, uh, the little glitch had occurred. And uh, um, so we saw the placement numbers uh, come off of where, uh, where the expectations were. And consequently, with feeders, um, that caused us, as well as the higher corn values, to pressure the market lower and, uh, and see triple-digit gains um, pretty much right off the bat as we opened up the trade and uh, the losses just can, kept uh, building as the session went on. Um, you know, uh, modest gains in, in live cattle uh, to end the day and uh, product values uh, seem to be holding up, whereas typically at this time of year, um, you know, we should be looking at the quote-unquote dog days of summer and um, you know, maybe uh, maybe seeing lesser prices on uh, on the boxes uh, as uh, you know as we start to near towards Labor Day. But um, uh, you know, cash prices seem to be holding steady, which is great considering uh, um, you know the influx of cattle that we have going to feedlots and to sale barns at this time, um, especially down here in uh, in Texas and southern regions where drought conditions have caused producers to, uh, you know, have to bring these cattle in earlier than expected because of the shortage of either feed or water. And, uh, you know, pasture conditions are, are very bad in, in a lot of areas. And, uh, and so, you know, it leaves producers with um, limited choices. And Donna, with all the weather issues and this nearing the end of July and the dog days of summer, like you referenced, what do you see coming as we get closer to harvest and we get closer to the fall? What is your insight for markets as a whole? You know, I think, um, I think we, we all would like to see, um, you know, the macroeconomic side of it get settled out and, um, you know, maybe try to try to get things going in a more positive tone. Certainly, um, you know, over the last three weeks, we've seen a lot of value come out of our, uh, especially our grain and, and cotton commodities, um, just because of uh, investor money uh, coming out and, and the factors that have pressured investors to uh, have to withdraw funds and, um, you know, uh, for, for other, other areas of uh, investment. And um, I think between that and, um, you know, trying to get this weather, uh, weather off to a good start as far as, uh, you know, our, our wheat producers in the south, we're going to be looking at uh, sowing wheat here in Texas, um, you know, in the next couple of months. Uh, we need to get subsoil moisture levels up to par so that, you know, it can support the planting um, you know, cotton producers, we're, we're in a very, very bad 
uh, situation with a lot of cotton producers because of the drought. Um, you know, we need rain. Um, we need some. Uh, we need some good weather temperature conditions to help support the crops. And uh, you know, the uh, macroeconomic thing. I think if if we could do something about either either one or all of those, um, you know, that would that would give us a, a more positive uh, positive outlook for for different areas of this market. Hey, that's great, Donna. We appreciate getting new voices, new perspectives on the Ag News Daily podcast. If our listeners want to track you down or potentially ask you some more questions, what's the best way to get a hold of you? You can give me a call at 214-613-1688, or you can look me up on the StoneX website at stonex.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And we look forward to another conversation here real soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here with you today. Well, Cassidy, I thought you did a great job. Your first Market Monday interview, sticking a couple of questions in there to make sure our listeners get the news we need to get to their ears. Yes, sir. It's really great for me to start getting into these Market Monday conversations even as I have started to learn a lot from listening in on you and Delaney, do them yourself. Perfect. Well, I can't wait to have you back again tomorrow for our Tuesday edition. But for today, what do you say? Should we let the listeners go? Let's let them go.